Hi, and welcome to Quest, a vineyard church where we strive to live life as friends with faith through knowing God, loving others, and making a difference. If you're new, there will be information at the end of this podcast to help you plug in at Quest both in person and online. Now, let's dive into this week's teaching. Thank you, thank you. How are you guys doing today? I forgot to readjust my pages, so excuse me while I get them back in order. So, good thing I numbered them. So, how are you guys doing? All right? Good, good. Um, it's funny, I see Natalie over there. Natalie, uh, I think the first time I ever preached, you know, she was there. So she's been supporting me forever, although, you know, she didn't plan to. Um, so anyway, she was one of my favorite youth as I was a youth pastor for a long time. And now I'm actually doing some of that. And I oversee the Empowered Life Ministry as um, as I just shared with, with you. Um, I'm thrilled to be here with you. And I found this church to be extraordinarily friendly. So that relationships are the mission thing, it's working. So you guys made me feel uh, really welcome and really loved. Um, here. So uh, today I'm continuing a series, a series that uh, you guys started last week called Everyone Gets to Play. And this week we're going to focus on the topic of miracles and healing, which is why Ross asked me to come, because that's my job at Vineyard Columbus, is to make sure that we are operating in the gifts. So it's a very large church and, um, you know, it runs and does a whole bunch of different things. And sometimes, you know, the main and the plane of Praying for people and, and seeing the kingdom of God break in kind of gets pushed to the side. So my job is to make sure that that gets put, put in the mix and it's at the forefront and then we're, you know, operating, uh, with the whole, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so it's a privilege, uh, to be here with you today. And now, whenever you talk about miracles and healing, it kind of gets a little bit dicey. And I remember when I first, when I first got saved, I went through, um, a divorce and I had this miraculous encounter uh, with God. I was, um, going through this divorce. I was depressed. I was suicidal. And, um, somebody told me about God and he said to try praying a prayer, just invite God into your heart. He said, I guarantee it'll help. And, you know, I tried and I prayed. And the next day I was driving to work and, um, actually to see a lawyer and the song on the radio was blinded by the light, ironically enough. And as that song was playing, it was like God put his arm around me and said, Carrie, I love you. I'm going to take care of you. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. We're going to make it through this together. And I just felt amazing. And I was like, this is what I was looking for my whole life. You know, I thought I would find it in the bottle of Budweiser, but I didn't. I found it in God. Surprise, surprise. So um, I had this miraculous thing happen to me. But when we talked about healing and stuff like that, I was a little freaked out. Um, you know, I saw the stuff on TV and how it was made fun of. And, you know, that was just kind of ingrained. But like, hey, that's not something that I want to get involved with. And early on at the Columbus Vineyard, we had a guy in named Mahish Shevda who had seen all kinds of miracles, people risen from the dead and all this stuff. And I heard this guy was coming to the church. So I made sure I was as far away from the church that night as possible because I didn't want to get mixed up in any of that stuff, you know. Um, so, uh, you know, if you're skeptical, if you're there, trust me, I've been there with you. Um, uh, but the funny part is, is what happened in my heart, the transformation 
that happened in my heart was so amazing and so miraculous that it's been it's more phenomenal than any physical healing that I could ever see or take place. So I, I don't know why I was so skeptical. I guess the culture or the enemy does a good job of making it look uh, ridiculous and, and silly. Um, but it all changed uh, when John Wimber came to our church in the early 90s. He was the founder of the Vineyard Movement, and he came and he delivered a message. And, and it was no hype. It was no... You know, he, he was all about being naturally supernatural. He just taught about the scriptures. He told about healings. And he said, then he said, we're going to demonstrate it. And I remember sitting a few rows back from this lady. And he pointed her out uh, from the stage. And he said, hey, um, there's several things uh, physically wrong with you. And there was a bunch of internal stuff. Kidneys not working. I mean, there was she, she needed a whole house makeover on her body. Like she just... She needed work. She was really sick. And he started to pray for her. He invited the presence of God to come. And it fell on her and it fell on everybody in the area. And I was a couple rows behind her. And all of a sudden, like this, the glory of God came down. And I was just weeping. There was several people, you know, around her weeping. And I experienced this this love and this touch from God. And I was like, this is amazing. I want to be a part of this. This stuff is real. And I couldn't get enough of it uh, ever since because um, I found that the greatest thrill in my life was encountering the love of God and continuing to receive that. And what I love to do more than anything else and what gives me the greatest thrill is to be able to pass that around, to give that away. And one of the ways we do that is by praying for the sick, inviting the kingdom of God to come and, and change us and change others. Um, now, if we look at, you know, the impartation of the Spirit, you know, it's, it, it's in the Old Testament. You see that certain people throughout the Old Testament had the Holy Spirit on them in order to do certain tasks and to perform uh, certain miracles. You know, it was said about Daniel that the Spirit of the gods was with him to interpret uh, dreams. And obviously the Holy Spirit was with him. And uh, the Spirit of God came on the craftsmen. Bezalel to to make the ark and to make other things for the Lord, just to to do this artwork. Um, Samson was filled with supernatural strength and um, and to do many amazing things. And time after time in the Old Testament, you can think of many examples where the Holy Spirit is on somebody and something miraculous happened and the kingdom of God uh, breaks in. But it was here and there. It was the special person, the anointed person. But um, and but then things start to change a little bit when Jesus enters the scene, don't they? Jesus comes in, and uh, we don't see a miracle here and there. We see 31 miracles in his three-year ministry on earth. We see 31 individual miracles in the Gospels. And amazing things. You know, the dead are raised, the blind see, the, the lame walk. I mean, demons are cast out. Everything is happening. And um, if you look further, you see that there's 20 mass healing events, 20 times where Jesus comes and it says, you know, he's at this church service and everybody that came was healed. Just says everybody. They didn't want to mess with writing down all the stories, I guess. So there was just too many to keep track of. And, and it all happened. And this, this kingdom is just breaking and the assault on the gates of hell really starts to happen with, with Jesus entering the earth. And... Um, and if John twenty one twenty five said, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world 
would not have enough room for the books that would be written. So there's this amazing stuff starts to happen. And then Jesus says, hey, it's not only me. He gives authority to the 12. He gives authority to the 12 over sickness and disease and evil spirits. And they go out and they see all this stuff happen. They see the kingdom of God breaking in. The gates of hell are getting knocked down. And then then he sends out the 72. And the 72 go out and they come back so excited. They said, you know, even the spirits are getting cast out. They're listening to us. This is such an amazing thing. And Jesus, he greets them and he says, yeah. He goes, I saw Satan fall like lightning uh, from heaven, you know, when, when you guys were out there. And so it goes from the 12 and then it goes to the 72. And then in the Great Commission, which we're all part of, he says that... Uh, that everybody's supposed to do the same things that the disciples were commanded to do, to teach us these things and to do those things. So Jesus has commissioned each and every one of us to heal the sick. Each and every one of us are called to get to play. Everybody gets to play. And as a matter of fact, everybody has to play for this thing to work. It says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Um, In Acts 22, it says, Fellow Israelites... Listen to this, Acts 2.22. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited to you, to, to, by God to you for, to do miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. So if Jesus needed the miracles, wonders, and signs, how much more do we need it to be a credible witness in society? We need it. We need God to show up and to do these things in order to open the doors so that the gospel can be preached. Um, So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to pray and then we're going to dive into the book of Acts a little bit and and look at the scripture. So Holy Spirit, I I just uh, ask that you would fall on this place. We need you. We can't do this on our own. We don't have the courage. We don't have the power. But we do have willing hearts, God. And we just pray that you would make our hearts more willing. That you would pour yourself out on us. Pray that you would open uh, uh, my mouth to, to deliver your words. And that you would give us a positive faith and courage to go out there and be your witnesses throughout the earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In uh, Acts chapter 1, we're going to go through a little bit of a dance through Acts chapter 1, 2, and 3, and then I'm going to kind of focus in on a scripture in Acts 3. Uh, but Acts 1, verse 6, and I'm using the message version here just because I like the way that it rolls. I just like the, the way that it's so natural. I was recently um, down in the Dominican Republic, and I was at a Pentecostal church, so I had to preach with the King James Version. And boy, that was, that was really hard for me to say. So I said, today I'm going with the message, you know, plain English, let's do it. So um, in Acts uh, 1 verse 6, it said, when they were together for the last time, they asked, Master, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel now? Is this the time? He told them, you don't get to know the time. Timing is the Father's business. What you'll get is the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you'll be able to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in New Albany, Samaria, even to the ends of the earth. He says, you get to to do this. And and then what happens in Acts 2? The Holy Spirit drops on them like a bomb. The Spirit of God just comes. And there's all kinds of crazy stuff. People are speaking in tongues. They're rolling on the floor. Tongues of fire coming in. It is just 
It's, it's, it's total bedlam. I mean, it's just the Holy Spirit has come and a new day has dawned, this day that Jesus had talked about. And uh, people are saying that those people are drunk. And Joel says, no, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. They're not drunk as you say he is. This is, this is God. This is just like the prophet Joel said, that there's going to be wonders in heaven and on earth and on signs on the earth below. This is happening. This is the kingdom of God, you know, breaking in. And um, so uh, then what does Peter do? Peter the coward all of a sudden is filled with the Holy Spirit and he's up there and he's preaching the gospel. You know, so what happens? 3,000 people come to, to meet the Lord that day. You know, it's not a bad day for an ex-coward, right? You know, that's what happens when, when the kingdom of God breaks in. It makes it a little easier to, the, the tough sledding gets a little bit easier when these miracles start to take place. Um, and then if, this is the scripture we're going to break down. It's Acts uh, chapter 3 in the message. It says, one day at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Peter and John were on the way to the temple for a prayer meeting. At the same time, there was a man crippled from birth being carried up. Every day he was set down at the temple gate, the one named Beautiful, to beg from those going to the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked for a handout. Peter, with John at his side, looked him straight in the eye and said, Look here. He looked up, expecting to get something from them. Peter said, I don't have a nickel to my name, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. He grabbed him by the right hand. He pulled him up. In an instant, his feet and ankles became firm. He jumped to his feet and he walked. The man went to the temple with them, walking back and forth, dancing and praising God. Everybody there saw him walking around and praising God. They recognized him as the one who sat begging at the temple's gate beautiful. And they rubbed their eyes, astonished, scarcely believing what they were seeing. That's what I would be doing, I think, right? The man threw his arms around Peter and John, ecstatic. All the people ran up to see where they at Solomon's porch to see it for themselves. When Peter saw that he had gathered the crowd, what did the ex-coward do? He preached the gospel again. Now, Peter got in trouble for preaching the gospel, but several more were added to their number that day, and their number now became 5,000. Okay? So we have a couple examples of the Spirit coming and the power coming and then the gospel being preached. That's what these signs and wonders are for, so that we can introduce people to Jesus. You know? Um, so the first thing that I want to look at in the scripture is that this happens when they're going about their daily business. Okay. They're just going to the temple to pray. Just like we go to work every day. We go to school every day. We go to eat every day. You know, we go to our children's soccer games every day. There's things that we're doing in our everyday life. And God wants to be in the midst. He wants to give us God goggles. He wanted to give us his vision about what he's doing in the midst of these things. And in order to have that type of vision, in order to see what the Lord is doing, it's really important that we they get the picture here. Who do they go to for this gospel explosion? They don't go to the priest and say, hey, priest, you know, I got a message to share today. Please let me preach. You know, hey, Ross, I want, I want to share today. I want, I, want, I, want to, I want the pulpit. I want to share this message. No, they go to the person with the least amount of power, the person that's overlooked, the person that, you know, we turn away from because we don't want to see them or we don't feel like dealing with them or we don't have any change or whatever. 
that's the person uh, that they go to. So God is not always out there looking, you know, at, you know, you're not trying to up better your career. It's the people that are on the outskirts. It's the people that are in need that, that God is calling us to. And those are the people that are most open to the gospel. A number of years ago, when I was working at AT&T, it's not a direct story of healing, but it just is a direct story of like, get your eyes where God has them. And I was, uh, I, I used to love my Diet Coke. Um, I, I try to stay away from it now, but every once in a while I fall off the wagon and, and, get, and get one of them Diet Cokes. And um, so I would go and I'd hit that up. So I got to know the, the vending, the guy that was running the vending machine and filling it up um, every week. And so one day I'm there and I'm getting ready to get a Diet Coke and I get this impression from the Lord. He says, Carrie, I want you to take this guy to lunch and I want you to tell him your story about how your wife left you and you got saved. And I was like, okay. So I asked him to go to lunch. And the, the funny thing was, is we get to lunch and he starts telling me about his wife and how beautiful she is and how much he loves her and, and all this stuff. And I said, man, that's a really strange, I mean, like, wow, he's, it's really cool that, that he loves his wife like that, but that's just really strange. And as it turned out, he thought that the reason I asked him to lunch is that I was gay. And that, <laughs> so, so um, anyway, he was getting a little defensive, um, but I just was trying to preach the gospel to him. So I, um, I, I just started this conversation. I basically told him, hey, I was, I was married, uh, wife left me, had a little girl, and, you know, was depressed, suicidal, and got saved, like just boom. And so he just kind of nods his head. That was a very interesting story. You know, I paid for lunch and I was like, well, I did what God told me to do. I guess nothing happened. And um, about two weeks later, I come to work one day and he finds me. And he said, uh, Carrie, he goes, you, you remember that story you told me about your wife leaving you? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, my wife just left me. And I actually had Bible study at my house that night. So I invited him to the Bible study. You know, and God had, he knew that God had saw him because of that story. And he came and he gave his life to Christ that very night. Because God, you know, has us in these places in our lives. And he wants to make sure that we have our eyes peeled for those that are in need. You know, not our eyes peeled for how we can better our lives. But our eyes peeled for how we can reach out and how we can affect other people. Uh, The second thing that happened in the stories, they, they ran into a need. And you don't have to drive down, like you can drive through the road. There's people wanting food. There's needs everywhere. I mean, this world is a hurting place. You know, we are the most medicated society in the world. We're the wealthiest society and we're the most miserable. I saw a survey the other day. Um, actually, I heard on the radio that only 31% of people in America are happy right now. It's the lowest number ever recorded ever since they've been doing the survey. So that means 60%, 70%, almost 70% of the, of the Americans are unhappy. Um, and so there's just needs. So everywhere you go, you're going to see a need. Driving down the road the other day, I saw somebody get a flat tire. And I'm like, I can't, I can't stop. But, but you know, God bless him. So, you know, I was helping somebody move, so I couldn't stop and do it. But there's needs everywhere. Um, 
when I first went and got trained on how to pray for the sick, there was a, this healing 101 class we used to do at the vineyard when we now call it 301, but just things change at, at Vineyard Columbus where I, where I work. And so he taught, John Cook was teaching the class and he told us about healing. And I was like, oh, this sounds pretty interesting. I'm going to go, I'm going to go try this. And uh, I, at that time, I was leading a Bible study with a bunch of students from Lyndon McKinley High School, uh, football players. And um, we, the whole football team came every week because the Bible study was so great or because we served either Kentucky Fried Chicken or pizza or White Castles. I don't know what the difference was, but they all showed up every week. And it was the middle of football season when this uh, class had been. And and I had the class one night, so I'm like, hey, I'm going to try to pray for people the next night because in the middle of football season, guess what? Everybody's hurt. You know, there's nobody that's not dinged up and needs some kind of prayer for something. So we talk and say, hey, God can heal today. Let us pray for you. And guess what? Everybody needed prayer. And so I just start to go around and I start to pray for people. And much to my surprise, everybody starts getting healed. One kid starts jumping up and down like, the pain is gone. The pain is gone. He was just so excited that he couldn't, he couldn't believe it. He's like, this stuff is real. You know, like he just, it was, it was this amazing thing. And another kid we prayed for, he had asthma. He never had to use his inhaler the rest of the season. And it went around the room and to a person, everybody got touched from God with, by God except for the one person that was sitting in the corner and had the worst injury at all. He had this banged up knee. And I just chickened out. Like, I got to him and I was like, you know, you'd think that my faith would have been built going around the room. And he's the last person. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to reach out and, and lift him up. But I didn't. I just, I just, I just chickened out. So, um, but there's needs everywhere. You know, and God has given you guys spheres of influence. He's equipped you. He's put you in your place. You are there for a reason. God has this whole thing set up. He has this whole thing set up. You're part of the solution. You're part of the invasion of the kingdom of God that is knocking down the gates of hell. Um, The third thing they did, they prayed. They asked God for help. They said, God, help us. You know, and one of the, John Wimber, he has all these wonderful little sayings. And one of them is, our job is to obey. It's God's job to heal. So we can't fail unless we don't try. Right? So, uh, you know, and he used to say, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. You know, taking that chance. If you're waiting for that moment when you feel totally equipped to go out and pray for the sick and pray for healing and ask for God to do something, it's never going to get there. I still feel stupid every time I go to pray for somebody. I feel like, man, I look dumb right now. This really looks dumb. But, you know, I don't want to miss the chance that, that God could break in. Could break in. And John is, used to issue this challenge. He called it the 200 Club. He said, I want you to go out and try this 200 times. Go out and pray for 200 people in the next year. And I guarantee you, you'll start to see something happen. You will. And that's, and that's kind of like a challenge I'd like to issue today. Hey, if you, if you think this, then, then go out and start praying and you will see things happen. And I can't, like, I think God, a lot of times, the first time you do it, he's more than, it's more than likely for something to happen because he just gets jazzed and the Holy Spirit just comes because he wants to, to really bless and encourage you. So I heard a story of a girl, she, she got saved and then like two minutes later, she turned and cast a demon out of somebody. And it's like, she just got saved. And she did that. And like, 
I wouldn't know what to do, you know, and I've been trained for years. And a lot of times I'm like, I don't know what to do in that situation. And here she is doing that. So God wants to bless us. Um, so when you go out and you put yourself out on a limb, four things can happen. The first thing is delightful. There's an instantaneous healing and like that just, that's just wonderful stuff, right? Everybody can get jazzed about that. Um, my wife, uh, a couple months back, she went up to visit her dad. He's 93 and he has some in-home caregivers. And one of them uh, was sick. She was having these side effects from an antibiotic. She had, you know, constant pain, couldn't move her arms above her head. Um, the doctor said the only thing that he could do was treat the symptoms. He couldn't do anything for her. Um, my wife, uh, as she prayed for her, she said as she stretched out her arm, she felt heat come from her hand. And then when my wife touched her shoulder, she felt the intense heat move all through her body. When uh, she had finished praying, the pain left her body and she could raise her arms up over her head. And she has had full range of motion and been pain-free ever since. That's an instantaneous healing. And that should get you jazzed, right? I mean, if if that happened, God used you to do that. It's like, all right, let's go God, right? That's that's what we got. So um, the second thing... Uh, oh, actually, one more on that one is uh, one time I I visited, uh, went, went to pick up my daughter from my um, her, from her mom's house, my ex-wife. And when I walked in the door, uh, she looked awful. I just wanted to say that. Uh, but she, she was in misery. She had a migraine headache. Okay. And I was like, you know, 25 years later and I'm still taking a shot. I need to do some forgiving, I think. I don't know. But... <laughs> But I go in to pray for her. And as I ask the Holy Spirit to come and heal her headache, it goes away instantly. I'm not even through the prayer. And she punched me because it left her so quick. You know, she was just shocked that that God came. Now, if I could pray for my wife and the headache would go away, that would be a lot better thing, you know. But but instead, he let me pray for my ex-wife and that happened. So you never know what God's going to do, who he's going to heal, why he's going to do it. But he obviously did something there. Um... The next thing that can happen is we can see partial healing. We can see God kind of break in and do something. A lot of times you'll ask people, hey, where's, where's the pain at? From 1 to 10, where's the pain? Just like when you go to the doctor's office. Hey, where's your pain at? It's 8. You just tell us what it is. So then you can pray and you know if something's happening if you, if you ask the Holy Spirit to come. Is, something, is some pain leaving? Um, uh, John, a friend of mine, John, he just went to Kenya. And he went around and did some uh, power evangelism, power healing type conferences there. And uh, there was one girl he prayed for who couldn't move the left side of her body. Just left arm, left leg, couldn't move them. And so they asked God to come down and heal her. And her arm started to move a little bit and her leg started to move a little bit. Didn't get full range of motion, didn't get everything, but there was starting to be some feeling and some movement. So they were pretty excited and encouraged, but... They prayed and prayed, and, and that was all that happened. Well, the next day, he gets a call. Hey, guess what? She's running around, and everybody wants to meet you and meet the guy that did this. And he was like, no, no, that's not it. He goes, Cause, he goes I don't want them to think that I'm the one that can do this. It's God that's doing this. They can, God can use all believers to do this and to change uh, these people's lives. And um, so from then on, he didn't pray for anybody. He just had the kids that were in the audience pray. And they saw healings and they saw 
uh, God's power fall and drop in the room. And they saw, you know, pain go from an eight to a three. They saw all kinds uh, of amazing stuff. Uh, and then the final thing that can happen when we pray for somebody is nothing can happen. Okay. You can pray and you ask God to come and nothing happens. And you feel bad. Don't worry. God's reputation is okay. You know, uh, we don't see anything. We don't know that nothing happened. Mark Marks, he uses this analogy. He's the, uh, he's at the Causeway Vineyard in Ireland. He says that, um, this analogy of like, hey, if you say to the mountain to tell the mountain to move and it moves an inch, do you see the mountain move? No, you don't. You don't. And sometimes when we pray, we may not see evidence of healing, but we don't know that God isn't still doing something. So we don't want to say, okay, God didn't heal you. We just, you know, we don't want to tell them they're healed when they're not healed either. But we just want to, we just want to say, hey, you never know. God may do this, you know, like over time or whatever. But uh, recently I prayed for a mom that 27 years old. I go to the hospital and pray for her a couple times. And I think God's going to do something, you know. And, you know, she ends up dying. Have to do the funeral a couple weeks ago. You know, we see nothing happen. And it's, it's heartbreaking. And it's devastating, and it can cause us to stop praying and to stop hoping and to stop believing. But we don't ever want to give up because we don't know when God's going to break in. We don't know what's going to happen. And there was a, a, you know, I mean, we're all going to die. I mean, like, not everybody gets healed. That's that's pretty obvious. And I'm sure that there's been people that have been prayed for, and it, it doesn't happen. So there was one lady, um, and she ended up getting prayed for a lot. She had back surgery a few years ago, and um, it helped for about six months, and then the pain got worse, and her back's still in a lot of pain. Her legs are swollen. She could hardly walk, couldn't do anything, couldn't go on trips with her kids. I mean, it was just, you know, miserable. So she used to come to the sessions. We had open prayer for healing on Saturdays and nights. So she went for four sessions, and she's actually part of the prayer team. She got prayed for and she got prayed for and she got prayed for four times for like an hour at a time and nothing happened. Nothing happened. And finally she went to the doctor. She had pain that was a level eight and the pain meds would get it down to a five. And the doctor said, we got to do another back surgery. So she decided, okay, I'm going to get it done. So before she went to the surgery, she says, I'm going to get prayer one more time, but I'm going to get prayer for peace. Because if you've ever gone, you know, under anesthesia and under the knife, it's nerve-wracking. And so she wanted some peace when she got there. So she came up not asking for healing, but for peace. So we usually have guys pray for guys and girls pray for girls, but sometimes the numbers just don't work out and had to have... uh, So a guy came up to pray for her. And she said as he reached out uh, his hand, she said, oh, that image of him reaching out his hand... That is an image that I'm going to go like God's reaching out his hand to touch me and protect me from, you know, anything to happen while I'm under anesthesia. So she thought like, oh, okay, that's, that's what I'm going to do. Well, after he finished praying for her, the prayer session was brief, under five minutes. And she left. She felt no different. But then as she was walking down the stairs later that day, uh, she felt a little like I went down there easier than I normally do. And by the end of the day, the swelling was gone. And by the end of three days, the pain in her back, everything was completely gone. She, she was completely healed. This was over three months ago, and it's totally gone. Totally gone. So we never want to give up. Uh, we never want to stop praying. We never want to stop asking for God to break in. Um, 
And the fourth thing uh, that happened is that Peter uh, used his story to preach the gospel. You know, he preached the gospel because the kingdom of God broke in and he took advantage of that situation. Because there's not a lot of people that we're going to be able to argue into the kingdom of heaven, but there are people that we can miracle into the kingdom of heaven. You know, that'll open people's eyes up a little bit a little bit more than maybe our intellectual conversation, especially if you're like I am and most people are smarter than me. So, you know, the miracles help to to defend, to, to, to make stuff easy. I know a guy, uh, he was at work. It just happened recently. And he's been the odd duck at work for several years because he's the guy that believes in healing and the guy that will pray for you when when you need prayer. And he's been that guy. And, and the sledding's been pretty hard for him over the years, you know, just kind of feeling feeling out of place, feeling like, you know, nothing's happening. And so uh, one guy comes in a few weeks ago. He was good friends with him. And he comes in and he sits down and he's, they've got like a rare moment at work where it's, they don't have to be home. It's just, just this time. And he invites uh, the Holy Spirit, to, gets to pray for his back. He invites the Holy Spirit to come. And this guy's back is in deep trouble and it's healed instantly. And what does he do? He gets to share the gospel with him. The guy accepts Christ. And so that story starts to spread about work. And you can imagine that the sledding is a little bit easier now at that work, you know, at that workplace, because that story is spreading and they're starting to see other things happen in the kingdom of God, uh, break in. So, um, you know, it's not about us and the, the magic power or anything. It's not that at all. It's all about Jesus. We're doing this so that the kingdom of God can be preached, so that the kingdom of God can be break, broken. And, and sometimes we're going to look foolish. We're going to go out there, we're going we're to pray, and nothing's going to happen. But sometimes we're going to go out there and we're going to pray, and something amazing could happen. Because miracles shake, shake people up. They, they shake it up and they open people's eyes. Because like when you just look at the gospel flat out, if you look at it, I write it out. I did a funeral yesterday, a funeral a couple weeks ago, and I write out the gospel. And it just looks kind of silly. Like this. And it, it is. It's what they say. It's foolishness to those that are perishing. You know, God sent his son to die to encounter me. Like, but it's when you experience God's love for you, you know it's true. You know that he made a way. He reconciled these two things. And he made a way to have a relationship with us and to fill us uh, with his spirit. And, um, and when the spirit comes, you know, people, Jesus is there and people will accept him. And it's amazing. And over the last 25 years, I've seen so many amazing things that I can't stop praying for people. I can go for months at a time and not see... God hardly do anything, you know, and, but I'm not going to stop praying for people because I know that he can break in at any moment and he can do something at any moment. So, um, cause you know, when you see that transformed life, when you see someone encounter God's love for the first time or see someone freed from pain, that has been debilitating them for months or even years. I saw a guy's back. He'd been hurt for 30 years, back pain, injured in a pole vault accident. He had uh, one leg shorter than the other, and we prayed for him, and his leg just grew out, boom, right to the perfect amount. Pain was totally gone. 30 years in pain, 
Like, why didn't God heal him 20, 28 years ago, 30 years ago? I, I have no idea. But he did at that time. So God has planted you and placed you in the area of your life that you're exactly supposed to be. He has work for you to do. So I challenge you to ask him this week, what do you got for me? Who do you have for me? Maybe he's even putting people in your mind right now that maybe you've been overlooking. You know, in Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. They're right there. And my prayer for you today is that you have God goggles, that God gives you his eyes to see the things that he has for you to do. So if we could all stand, I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit. And we're going to do a little bit of ministry time. We can't talk about healing and not try to do some of it, right? We've got we to try this out. So why don't everybody just kind of put your hands out here and this is just saying like, God, I want your Holy Spirit. There's nothing fancy. I was just like, if you got something for me, I want it, God. So just kind of get yourself in a receiving posture. And I'm just going to invite the Spirit to fall. Just come, Holy Spirit. Fall in this place. Fall in this room. Just fill him. And just ask God, just take three deep breaths and just with each deep breath say, God, fill me with your Spirit. Just let it come. Fill me, God. Just breathe it in. Let's fill them more. Fill this room. Fill this place. Some of you guys are starting to feel, maybe even, you know, rocking a little bit back in your heels. You're feeling God's touch and God's spirit. And just a sign that he wants to fill you up today. So if that's you, if, if you're starting to feel some of God's presence, I just want you to come forward. Just come forward to step out of your seats and just, just come up to the front and we're gonna we're gonna pray for you for more of an infilling and impartation. Don't be shy. If you can't step out at this place, it's gonna be hard to step out of work. You know, God'll give you the courage. Remember Peter was an ex coward, right? So Holy Spirit can do amazing things. And there's some of you, you, you don't want to miss out on the opportunities that, that God has for you. Like, you, you're hearing this and you're like, man, I, I want to see God do crazy things. I want to be used by him. I, I want that thrill. I want that thrill of being used by God. And if that's you, if that's on your heart that you just want, you just want to operate in this, I want you to come forward as well. Just come forward and, and get filled up. And then there's others of you still that um, you, you need healing. You need healing. And if that's you, I want you to come forward and we'll, we'll have these guys that are going to get filled up with the Spirit right now pray for you. And if we've got, um, we may not have enough people on the prayer ministry team, but I'm, I'm anointing you and, and saying you can all pray for somebody. Just ask permission to touch them and invite the Holy Spirit to come and fill up. So those of you that are, um, you know, on staff or on the prayer team, come up and pray for these people. And uh, we'll just ask the Spirit to come and fill them. So, Holy Spirit, we just, we just thank you for your presence. 
We just thank you just that you're here and you're filling people up. Just fill them, Lord. Just come with a mighty whoosh, God. Just fill them. More, Lord. Just come, Spirit of God. Just come and fill them. Just come, Lord. Just fill them, Lord. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon audio. If you are loving Quest podcast, let us know on Facebook or Twitter by using the hashtag GoToQuest. For more information about Quest, who we are and what we do, or if you would like to help support Quest financially, please visit us at GoToQuest.org. That's G-O-T-O-Quest.org. That's G-O-T-O-Quest.org.